0: Well, I can see you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Code and Beaver.
1: I say Buff, Buff Code, and let me hear you say Beaver. Beaver. Welcome back to Buff Coat and Beaver of Beavis and Butthead Podcast. I am Clay Cunningham. That's Adam Kurtz. And if you're thinking, hey, are the boys back for good? Uh, Well, we're not, no. Um, Little tip, Adam is actually uh, touring every health spa in the country to really pamper himself over the summer. So he's not been here to uh, do a full show. How's the tour going,
0: Adam? I think the listeners are eager to know. You know, I want to specify it's foot spas specifically. Oh. So my feet are you know, as soft as they've ever been. I've been the I've been testing a lot of cheese graters, you know, those cheese grater-like things, and a lot of flakes have fallen off my calloused heels. But uh, a lot of those places offer full body massages and I'm loose, is what I'll say. Loose as a
1: goose. <laughs> well, uh, cool. I mean I I I kind of brought it back or some unpleasant imagery with the feet thing, but regardless We are back because, as as I'm sure you knew, either just liking Beavis and Butthead or reading the episode description, uh, since we've been gone, some news in the the Beavis and Butthead world. The release of the Paramount Plus original film, Beavis and Butthead, Do the Universe. So while we're still on our summer sabbatical, we thought we'd come back and give you our take on the new film. Um, And... You know, I, we're not gonna do like a standard episode. We're not gonna—I don't think we're gonna go blow by blow, but just sort of you know give general impressions. You know what we liked, what we didn't like, and uh, just whether or not we thought it was uh, worth the time of us, the Beavis and Butthead Collective. Boy, am I rusty! It's coming out really bad, <laughs> but you know what? So let's enough with the chatter. Let's just talk. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. It premiered on Paramount Plus. On June 23rd, 2022, it was written by Mike Judge and Lou Morton from a story by Judge Morton, Guy MacStone-Graham, and Ian MacStone-Graham, directed by John Rice and Albert Caleros. And um, I guess it's kind of the first thing off the bat, I noticed that uh, Mike Judge didn't direct the film, Adam. What was your impression seeing that in the opening credits?
0: I mean, it seems like he was pretty involved, so I don't, I don't have any quaffs with that. You? Well, uh, yeah,
1: same. But I actually, I do have some background on our two directors. Um, I was a little surprised to see it, but I mean, it still, yeah, definitely felt like it had the Mike Judge uh, stamp. But um, going through, uh, Rice was actually a storyboard artist on Beavis and Butthead Do America, and also directed three episodes of King of the Hill while working on The Good Family and the Beavis and Butthead revival, so plenty of history with Mike Judge. Also worked on some uh, Golden Era Simpsons, so some nice stuff in his background, while Caleros uh, has also numerous an- worked on numerous animated films, ranging from Rugrats to Futurama to uh, a few Seth MacFarlane programs, which, yuck on that account, but... Um, Between them, prior to this, they only had one feature film directing credit to their name, as Rice was a co-director of the Angry Birds movie 2. And if you were aware that there was a second Angry Birds movie, you knew more than I did. But that is the background on the guys who helmed Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Synopsis! After a creative judge sentences them to space camp, A black hole sends our adolescent heroes 24 years into the modern future where the duo misuse iPhones, embark on a quest to score, and become targets of the deep state. Adam, you just moments before jumping on the air here had your first viewing of Beavis and Butthead do the universe. And uh, we'll start with your positive
0: takeaways. What did you like about this new film? Well, what I liked about it is it's really, it's a Beavis movie. I think it's very Beavis centric. Um, a lot of what we like in the series about Beavis, I think, really shines through here. Uh, the sensitive side—what would Beavis be without Butthead? And we get, uh, I think, a firsthand view of what that is. So that was a major uh, note for me. Kind of a bullet point: if this is a Beavis film, um, I enjoyed that they na- they were the narrators of their own journey Mm -hmm. you know when reading that synopsis when listening to you read it um it kind of seems lame to be honest with you like oh how would they deal with an iphone Mm -hmm. what but um it isn't as lame as it sounds like uh, i i like beavis kind of uh joaquin phoenix and her style falls in love with siri essentially simply because siri just Moderately responds to what he's saying and, and listens to him, so uh, it's a touching film for Beavis, and, and I think Beavis is featured more than than Butthead in this. There's still some good Butthead moments, but uh, I, it was a real highlight of Beavis.
1: Yeah, uh, and it should mention also with the Siri thing. Um, there's the 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 woman that they feel like they're going to score with. Uh, her name is Serena and um i think yeah beavis mistakes that thinking he's actually talking to her um on the phone um
0: uh but uh yeah what what else you got adam that seems a little brief it was uh, that's my main overarching point is you know I, I enjoyed that aspect of it being a beavis film even a cornholio appearance which i know you're not uh, fully on board with cornholio but um I, maybe we should put a giant spoiler alert in front of all of this. But yeah. him being able to uh, rally <laughs> prisoners by demanding more TP. Just, yeah, we do we do need more TP. Um, mm. And then four semi-loads of toilet paper come in. But I enjoy that. The boys are saved in this movie because of Touched by an Angel. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> um... That is a really odd reference in A Great Call. That show was very big in, in like, the late 90s. Bella Reese, I remember my old man watching a couple of... And, like, the angels always had that lighting on top of their head. It's just very funny to bring that up twice. I thought the funniest part in the movie was the when they're at space camp and the 18 hours of continuous docking just beavis is <laughs> ooh yeah <I'm> like, <laughs> it's just very repetitive <laughs> ooh yeah but they had learned to spank the space station yeah. and my god they're they're using the mechanical arm as a backup when they're just clearly jacking off the shaft um so i i but i really like the just ooh, ooh yeah um Obvious. I laughed a lot there. We got another buff coat and beaver moment with Beaven and Booth Boy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and even that led to a profound. Uh, Bevis addresses the media. A very profound statement. Immediately followed up when he leaves the media by boy, yes, because <laughs> so, well, because um, he's
1: talking. Yes, because he thinks like yeah they've well yeah their reason for taking that they're taking them to on up on the space shuttle because of their ability to dock which they thought they just mastered it instead of just thinking it was just like a sex insertion but yeah beavis's whole speech was because yeah they, they're going up there thinking they're going to have sex with a female astronaut because she, can you because she asked can you do that <laughs> and you can <laughs>
0: do it with me i we absolutely can yeah um what I also took away from this is, I, I think we know this, but my judge loves Texas. Mm-hmm. When they're driving through on the bus, um, excuse me, I had some chocolate milk earlier. I have chocolate milk burps right now, so I know that'll <laughs> add to the nice uh, and pod, podcast. Yeah. yeah, um, but when the, when the bus is kind of traveling through, when they get on the bus from the Touched by an Angel Pardon, um... <laughs> you know they're they're driving through texas and there's a lot of time spent on the imagery of texas and i think in a positive light Mm i mean they they do portray it in in, i mean i guess in highland especially and and even in the sequence i i really did love the sequence too of when beavis and butthead parted ways and they kept seeing scenes that reminded them of each other one was just two guys sitting on a couch like, oh, the yeah. <laughs> TV. And then another guy gets kicked in the nuts and Beavis sheds a single tear <laughs> because they're apart. Uh, I really That was a really great part um, for me. Uh, but yeah, also I think what Beavis and Butthead does well to through the series and in a moment on this is commenting on political matters in a way that wouldn't offend either side uh the whole white privilege sequence and the gender stuff yeah i don't think i think everybody on every side would find that funny um because again they're just so stupid that they take the the lesson they learn from white privilege is that they can take their white and they kind of like michael scott declaring bankruptcy yeah, just yeah. they declare white privilege on everything and take it and it doesn't pan out for them that that's way. how so they,
1: they end up in jail apart. yes because they yeah yes. they try to steal a cop car because because butthead's rich dad will, will bail him out of the situation which is what the <laughs> yes. professor
0: told him so i mean you can take oh i think whatever side you lean on you could probably find humor in that um and i think that's something that Mike judge does really well is uh, taking a controversial subject and putting a, a spin on it um, that that is funny um, in, in in any light I also like that the when the governor who was uh, the the astronaut as well that beavis and butthead were trying to do sure. uh, big laugh when they went to uh, the governor was canvassing trying to find beavis and butthead goes to her like Lead youth campaigner and says, Well, they just, the moment I introduce myself, they just kind of laugh the entire time. <laughs> what is your name? Uh, Richard Whack. <laughs> Dick Whack. <laughs> so, from moments like that to like the more profound moments, um, that's, you know, kind of my uh, initial overarching games. I, I really, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the uh, multiverse aspect of smart smarter beavis and smarter butthead um when they would last humorous yeah. whimsical instead of laughing how droll! i thought that was pretty fun <laughs> yes um, so uh i thought that that was done really well too so um i also did write down every time every word they said uh with touched johnson whole end 69 mount that came from smart butthead when he said that, that uh, yeah. can be used as two words <laughs> in this <laughs> universe. Uh, even the street they live on, Woodson, uh, long hard jurisdiction and dictate, um, and then eight ass they got from deep State. So that's what I wrote down there. Um, so uh, you got a little classic uh, Beavis and bud had two. So I'll stick to my positive uh, notes, which are, it was mainly positive. All. I don't have much negative to say right now after that first viewing. So how about you? I know you've watched the movie a couple of times now. So what did you take away?
1: Um, well, I think, too, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I love, they find just the right way to kind of kick the movie off because it has like a sort of Star Wars-y sort of intro while they show the credits. And then, yeah, um, well, you mentioned Beavis' butthead narrating the story. It's not like they're not narrating like throughout the movie, but they just do kind of an introduction. Like, yeah, sitting from their couch. An intro and an outro. Yes. And uh, I love, I mean, you talk about just the perfect way to get reacclimated to it. It flashes into 1998 Highland High School. And the first thing we see is just Butthead repeatedly kicking Beavis and the Nads. <laughs> and, which, uh, I mean, just, I mean, that's right off the bat. That got me laughing, just great information. And, and by the way, too, uh, you gotta say Beavis, a damn warrior. Because by my count, Butthead kicked him 16 times. And he barely flinched up until the disastrous moment where uh, they unleashed uh, the Power Kick 3000, which was somebody else's attempt, which had, uh, somebody else's science fair project that boot, booted Beavis across the gym and set fire to the gym to basically end the... Uh,
0: the science a high-pitched fairy. scream was uh, breaking all the glass from Beavis. Which so. I
1: thought was a nice too. I thought initially that was just like some kind of sound manipulation that they were playing, but no, you saw because it, it was in real time. That was the real sound Beavis was making. Um, and yeah, too. Oh, I, you already mentioned it, but like, when was the last time anybody thought about "Touched by an Angel"? <laughs> uh, but look, it went off the air in two thousand three. But it makes like, yeah, because well, they yeah, had the judge in 1998 who sentences them to space camp to correct them because of Touched by an Angel. And then the prison guard, um, yeah, because he thought they died in 1998. And that reminded him of... <laughs> like, that was I, that was my favorite part of the movie because like, yeah, because he's in his cornholio mode. And right as they're ready to unleash hell, the guards, he, like, stops them. Just, I used to watch this show called Touched by an Angel. (laughs) Just, just like, give them all the... There was
0: always a message.
1: Give them all the TP they want. And I love that (laughs) swelling music as we get. You have four trucks of... um, Soft and... uh, Yeah, uh, soft and fresh TP. (laughs) And I will say, like, I thought that actually kind of salvaged the, the Cornholio segment. Because... As I mentioned, I'm not as big a fan as a lot of people are, but I always, I usually like the transformation. I, I, I always love the, like, Wah! kind of voice work Mike Judge did. That I found very lacking here, which I attribute to the fact that Mike Judge is almost 60 years old and presumably doesn't have the vocal range he once did. Because I did notice it seemed a little off when he was, when he was doing it, but, yeah, that, that kind of pulled it out to me. And, um... <laughs> And, yeah, you mentioned, too, about how it kind of sounds like, oh, the boys are misusing iPhones. It's whack. It's literally one part of it. Like, the the misuse of the iPhone is a guy asking them to take their photo, which they think is a TV show, that they're bored with until the family backs into the pier. And that salvaged the show. And then that's how Beavis, yeah... um, yeah, he thinks he's going to score with uh, Serena and Siri. I love just like yeah, just that little, um, yeah, just that little small essence. They work it in nicely because it doesn't feel like it. Still, very much feels like Beavis and Butthead with a couple of real world or like modern day elements. And um, yeah, I, I one thing I did mention. One thing you mentioned was I do like the emotional connection Beavis had. Which was pretty much, you know, a rip-off of the movie Her, if we can be honest. But, sure. um,
0: yeah, but, I mean, it still, it still worked. Um, also get some... I think we need to mention they paid for all the stuff with the phone, too. They figure out how to pay for stuff with the phone. Yeah. Which, which led to a good sequence of uh, them making it rain nachos. I love the low camera angle when they're playing make it rain and uh, just making a mess. Yes, presumably
1: spending thousands of dollars on nachos. Um and um, we get some family background that I thought was interesting. Uh, Butthead, because, uh, yeah, the, the white privilege thing was them just kind of bowling through a gender studies class and the professor telling them they have that. And she's just like, oh, I bet you're just riding on daddy's money. And uh, Butthead shows some rare vulnerability, which is just like, whoa, you knew my dad? And even though she's just speaking in generalities, to which we're uh, a... a Apparently died of syphilis, which is something Beavis said. And also um, they learned that Beavis's mom's name is Shirley Beavis and yeah. um, a real estate agent who is showing them, well, who's doing a presentation of their house. Um is telling them about how Shirley Beavis kind of lost her mind when her son disappeared. And naturally, as they're doing that, Beavis and Butthead find out the sink has a garbage disposal, which completely drowns <laughs> it out. And um and lastly, I think the big thing was, I think which is really impressive is that they do kind of show some new wrinkles to the boys' relationship. because um, yeah, they have a fight and like they they you know they kind of split up and they have like their big montage you mentioned it like actually the one thing you didn't mention was my favorite moment where butthead is looking through the window of a couple getting engaged and then but it just you just see that and then it zooms back and then there's two ladybugs having sex on the window <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and he turns to beavis and uh like he's like hey beavis and then notices he's not there and like, gets a tear in his eye. Which, side note, I noticed, too, that is set to the tune of How Am I Supposed to Live Without You by Michael Bolton, <laughs> yes. um, which was a video they watched in uh, the episode Trouble Urinating. And, uh, yeah, they uh, changed the channel with extreme prejudice. So, <laughs> kudos to Michael Bolton for, uh, who I guess has proven he sort of has a sense of humor about himself, but it's oh, kind of license that song. But I think that's kind of... Building a little bit on what you talked about, like with the uh, making it work in a modern setting, because um, initially, like watching the proposal, it's kind of like, I mean, I love that they, they cut back and we see the ladybug because it's just like, you know, that doesn't really work because, you know, they're not gay. But we also get like an instance like, you know, they start fighting during the real estate showing and the real estate agent was like, oh, this is a big thing for couples which naturally a real estate agent in 2022 would assume that they, that they were a gay couple. And um, I guess it's just sort of like they, I like they present it in a way like, you know, that they're not gay, but it's not like the not gays. You know what I mean? Just like where they like they, they go yeah. out of their way to just like, no, no. Like it's, it's not a no homo situation. I think For that's sure. worked yeah. nicely. And um, we also get a nice touch um, where, they think they're going to have sex with uh, the governor slash astronaut, and Butthead is almost honored to learn that he's going to lose his virginity with Beavis by his side, which is uh, <laughs> yes.
0: which uh, um, which we're we, going we, to do her together. Yes,
1: which <laughs> technically kind of happens. I don't know if we want to get into like that's the big ending because yeah, there's like the smart Beavis and Butthead from the multiverse, and we learned that there's like infinite universes where Beavis and Butthead exist and in this one, yeah, Smart
0: Beavis seduced her and um right before Beavis and Butthead, the yeah. R universe, Beavis and Butthead were about to score. Yeah.
1: And uh she takes it away and Butthead gets to watch and they have like a big almost Star Wars New Hope medal <laughs> ceremony because <laughs> they're the first ones that yes. the Beavis and Butthead to ever score. But um yeah, I think a lot a lot a lot to like. Um I think like you, my pros section is much bigger than the cons, but um, I wouldn't say it's a perfect movie. I get the sense that you don't either. So, uh, what are some things that you maybe didn't like or thought could have been improved?
0: Um, this is really stupid and like, you know, the whole suspension of, uh, disbelief and, and whatnot. Obviously they travel through a black hole and blah, blah, blah. You can, I'm fine with that, but I'm like, man, when are they charging this phone?
1: I, I, you know? I, I didn't write that down, but I thought
0: that too. Yes. Yes. Uh, Because they they don't know what it is. How are they charging this? Um, I wanted to see Tom Anderson. Mm -hmm. I I was really disappointed Tom Anderson wasn't in the film. So um, that's honestly a a kind of a short list. I I mean, I'm literally half an hour off finishing it. So I haven't been able to reflect too much on it. Um, But I I thought it was well done. I mean, it was short enough. It was 86 minutes, I think. So that's... uh, A pretty good time movie it was paced okay um i really did like that award ceremony kind of (laughs) the star wars ask award ceremony too um little things i'm sure upon a a few second watches i'll get more out of it on both sides of the column but really those are the only two kind of little hang-ups i had right away
1: yeah it well it wasn't just and like i i i think and this is a small complaint on my end because i think this is an instance where the fact that there is a new series helps but like it wasn't just Anderson. Like there's very little of the original supporting cast. Like we see Van Driesen briefly at the science fair. Um, Anderson, Stewart, Buzzcut, Daria, and McVicker are all present at their trial. Um, but I think the only line I heard was uh, Nick Vicker go, no, when, you know, the judge sentenced it to the space camp, which, by the mm. way, was the first prize of the science fair. And they <laughs> got to do it because they destroyed the science fair. But I mean, it's I'm kind of it would have been weird I, to like incorporate them into the future part. So I think if this if it was just a one off, I would have been really disappointed with that. But as as it stands, it's a small one. Um uh as far as like the story like the contrived nature of the story at times works cuz it it highlights the the humor particularly with the i mean the touch by an angel thing in the prison scene is completely ridiculous but it's it's absolutely hysterical that's fine but i do think it's a hindrance in others like they get sucked what happens with them getting sucked into the black hole was like they cause an accident and um, the main astronaut who they thought they were going to score with initially sacrifices herself because there's only so much oxygen. But they follow her, like, thinking they're going to score, but she goes into another room to basically die. And to to figure that out, they actually go outside the spaceship to watch her through the window. Like, and they figure all that stuff out.
0: Yeah, they, they put on the suits correctly. and
1: yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, and I get you could make the argument just like, well, yeah, they're super horny, so that's fine. But there's also a sequence where they're super horny in the future segment where they don't know how to apply handcuffs. So, I, yes, <laughs> I mean, and again, I, it's all. I don't. I, 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 would, I would have liked something other than they just figure out how to get outside the spaceship. Even, I mean, it's ridiculous that they figured out how to do the docking thing. But it was. But I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it looks vaguely sexual, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also say there's a little bit of a lull in the middle where the where you the, the plot is very similar to Beavis and Butthead Do America. I mean, you know, they're being hunted by federal agents. Who they are repeatedly evading by accident on a quest to score because they misheard they mis yeah, understood the amount uh, the word do. Um, I think it differentiates itself a little bit as it goes along, but that's definitely something I noticed. But and one other small thing that I think we're definitely missing, like that there was in Beavis and Butthead America, we just don't have that standout side character like Agent Fleming. That was voiced by Robert Stack. <laughs> in the rich. There's some yes. great comedic actors in here. Steven Root, who's just one of my favorite actors, period. Uh, David Herman, who's the King of the Hill, who I believe did the Poise the Prison Guard, who that was maybe the closest thing. Gary Cole's in this. Andrea Savage. Like, they're all good comedic actors, but they just... They don't have that force of nature voice that Robert Stack has. And um, sure. he's been dead for 19 years, so you couldn't bring him back, obviously. But... Um, uh, those are uh, like like my small things um I mean the movie's not necessarily doesn't feel as cinematic necessarily as beavis sure. and as beavis and do Bat- america did it didn't have anything like the the peyote sequence the rob zombie thing um <laughs> but um but, but yeah that's uh just kind of overall and i think uh we're kind of lastly um i feel like we both know what the answer is but uh was it worth bringing it back for this movie adam
0: yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it could introduce people to the characters in a way that um, is palatable and uh, up to date, too. Um, I mean, some of the jokes, you know, like Touch by an Angel stuff, is going to go over a young kid's head. Um, but by design. <laughs> yeah, yes, but you could still find things that are pretty funny um, if, you, if you're brand new to the show. And like you said, it's it's a good straight to streaming movie you know uh, i would watch i i, I enjoyed that I, I would have gone to see it in theaters but yeah I, i'm with you it didn't have the quite the cinematic feel that do uh do america had
1: yeah like i would have gone to see it in theaters too but i absolutely think this was the way to go because it's sort of like you know the kind of in the same vein i know like bob's burgers just put a movie out in theaters and i remember just kind of like why that I mean, I like Bob's Burgers, fine, but I mean, people have been watching it at home for like decades. It's it's weird to put a movie like this in theaters where it's just going to get crushed by Top Gun and Marvel movies, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I was kind of my my main hope was that I would like the movie for more than just like nostalgia reasons, which doesn't really make sense because I watch the show all the time. So (laughs) what am I nostalgic for? But I was kind of skeptical, but overall, I'd say I probably liked it even a little better than I was hoping. Like, it's part of me realized. I mean, and you have that feeling, like I obviously I wanted to like the movie, so is that? But I mean, I wanted to like the Simpsons movie too, and I didn't. So I mean, I think I was perfectly objective, and yeah, it's I I I'd say it stacks up favorably to do america it's it, it's lacking in some ways um but i, I think it's a worthy sequel and uh, yeah I, I actually i woke up and watched it at eight in the morning before going to work and it, it put me in a good mood all day just because i was really happy that that
0: that i liked it you know it's uh, in the same vein in a, in a different scenario i've uh I've had a, I've been through the ringer here the last couple of weeks, just working a lot of hours for, for stuff I enjoy uh, and to make a living. And and I am out of gas. Truth be told, I, you know, I waited till the last second. I delayed this by an hour and a half, and I was like, I'm not in the mood to watch this. But we wanted to get this out in time, and I and I truly laughed during it. I I didn't think I would just because I was in kind of a sour mood. But man, it did. It put me in a good mood um very funny parts and i'm happy i watched it
1: you already we already talked about the health spa thing adam everybody knows that what
0: you just said was complete bullshit (laughs) well i it no i didn't say i i I didn't say it was easy you've been exposed to going to these health spas was hard yeah
1: oh well just yeah tell that to all the working folk out there people like me who work who are currently working four days a week and barely finding enough time to do it doesn't matter that's personal stuff um uh one last thing we go, but Adam, did you happen to catch Mike Judge's appearance on the Joe Rogan experience?
0: No, I didn't.
1: Well, Sorry. um after about like a 25 minute discussion about bow hunting, uh he did actually say that uh the new season would be out the first week of August. I he didn't say whether or not um, it was all going to be out at the same time or once a week, but, uh, and I haven't been able to see anything since, but um, uh, thoughts on the series coming back so quickly now that it's fresh in your mind? Yeah,
0: I mean, why not at this point? You know, you, you've, you've done the, the, uh, the movie, and I think it's only logical to kind of roll that, kind of use the movie's momentum into the series and I believe Paramount Plus is going to have all of the old episodes with the music videos too so kind of a way to just hey here's a new series an old series that uh maybe they'll get some subscribers I certainly you subscribe yeah uh for this reason so I don't think they'd have you for old CSI reruns and Nickelodeon reruns but um yeah yeah Paramount Plus I know hasn't sat well with you but I watched it online. I was fine with it today.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I wasn't as enthused to see all, all the episodes of Man with a Plan as you were. Um, I know that, I know that's
0: a show you're big fond of, but it's touched by an Angel on Paramount Plus. We should probably, I mean, they, the CBS, they got uh, a lot of CBS property on there. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's,
1: <laughs> that's, uh, well, I mean, what great synergy to bring those two together. Well, um, I think that's about all we have now. As for our show, um, Adam and I, I think, are going to talk in about a week week or so to kind of like figure out exactly when we're going to be back. I think it's kind of altered, going to be altered by, you know, the new episodes. Um, it's my hope. I, I feel like I have an easy plan of action for if they're all there at once, I think that'll be easy. But uh, yeah, we're still trying to map that out. Hoping we'll be back in I don't know new episodes, maybe September. I don't want to set an exact date. We got a lazy bones, Kurtz over here, but um but uh, yeah, that's the goal. But in the meantime, Adam, tell the folks how to get in touch with us.
0: You can search us on Facebook, the Buff Coat and Beaver Pod, or send us a tweet at Butthole and Joe on Twitter, or email us at. Buffcoat and Beaver Pod at gmail.com or you can leave a review. We see the reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. We we had a great one. We both got a kick out of here recently. It <laughs> was one star yeah. and uh, well written. Uh, I think Todd wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: he mainly took us to task for not liking Alice Cooper, and you know what? I stand by it. Frankly, if anybody, if any Alice Cooper fans are listening, you're not welcome here. Adam, back me up. Oh. I'm 100%. Okay, well, that's good. Oh, no, we kid, of course. <laughs> all are invited into the Buff Coat and Beaver universe.
0: It's a big tent, baby. Is, Everybody's yes, welcome.
1: But, uh, well, that's all we have for now, and I'm just going to call this recording Old Time Religion because it's good enough for me. So long, folks! Have you ever seen a show called Touched by an Angel? No. They always come with a message. What could his be?